1: All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Gary Harris show here on time 100.9 FM and 1230 AMW TBC. It is Wednesday, January 24, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. Justin Jones is manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the first domain condominiums hotline here in hour number one, the Krispy Kreme donuts hotline in hour number two, 205-342-9904. We got a great show on tap for you today. Timely show with our two guests that are going to really be able to hit on some topics that, uh, are really important right now today with all that's going on. I'll have more on that in just a moment. First, though, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Remember, owning a not-for-profit, it's just a better way of banking. Alabama Credit Union has uh, close to 40 locations around the state of Alabama to serve you, several of them, including the Home office right here in West Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Uh, being a member has its advantages. Find out for yourself. You can go by and see them at one of their any locations. They'll talk with you, explain how the credit union works, or you can go to alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, an awesome website that explains everything that uh, Alabama Credit Union has to offer. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. join today and feel good about your money and put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, here's the lineup for today. Uh, it's the Wednesday lineup, but Bone is uh, our Bad to the Bone Recruiting Report. Bone is moving to 10.30 this morning because he has a 9.30 conflict, so the Senior Recruiting Analyst for... BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network, will be at 10.30 this morning. But we're going to get the latest recruiting and a lot of buzz out there about Ryan Williams. And then at 9.30 earlier uh, this morning, Bart Heich on hoops. <clears throat> Heich on hoops usually at 10.30. We moved Bart up to 9.30, so we'll talk Bama-Auburn basketball. Preview that big game tonight at Coleman Coliseum at 6.30. And that is a huge one. It's a huge one because it's a rivalry game. It's also huge because Auburn's 5-0 and in the SEC. Alabama's 4-1. and and Alabama will still have to go to Auburn in a couple of weeks. So critical tonight for the Tide to win that home game against the Auburn Tigers after sweeping Auburn last season, uh, both at home winning that game and down at Neville Arena. But it's going to be tough to win down there this year with the team that Auburn has. So winning this game tonight is going to be huge for Alabama. We'll break it down. Also, Kentucky falling last night. Um on the road at South Carolina. And South Carolina defensively shut down a Kentucky team that was averaging 91 points a game. So basketball and football recruiting talk today with our guest, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Also today, your phone calls, as I said, on the First and Main Condominiums hotline here in hour number one at 205-342-9904. I'm also going to get into... I've had a lot of people, Justin, you know this, ask me about the Alabama roster, and so um, I've got a list here of kind of where we're at right now in regards to the scholarship situation with Alabama. Also, I'm going to talk about the coaching staff that's being put in place, even though Uh, there's been no official announcements of any coaches and i don't expect i don't expect the university to do that until everybody's in place and then they'll probably send out an announcement on all the coaches at one time but we know pretty much what the coaching staff looks like we're going to get into that this morning as well uh, because some of you have asked me you know what about the coaches what about the roster and so i've tried to put together some information that will help you out in regards to where alabama stands right now uh you know several months out obviously before the 2024 season starts so that's what we got on tap for today right now um Justin let's go ahead and uh, hit him up with some Wednesday morning headlines right here on the Gary Hero show as we talked about Alabama's basketball head coach Nate Oates uh, met with the media yesterday in fact uh, we'll have some of his comments for you a little bit later on in the show too ahead of tonight's uh, nights game against uh, Auburn huge SEC matchup against the in-state Tigers. The tie's 4-1 in the SEC. Auburn is 5-0. and Now, Auburn may be playing as well as any team in the country right now, but Coach Oates, of course, isn't waving any white flag of surrender. He said yesterday, quote, Coach Pearl's doing a great job there. He's got them playing at an elite level. You look at uh, their last whatever, 11 games, and they're running through people. Now it's going to be a typical Alabama Auburn game. I mean, even when one team... And they're definitely playing better than we are right now. But even when one team is better than another, these games tend to be tough, hard-fought games. That's Nate Oates' quote. He's right. It's going to be a wild one tonight. The crowd can make a difference. I know it's raining, but get out to Coleman Coliseum. Pack that place and make it loud and uncomfortable for Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers if you want to help out Alabama. And two future Crimson Tide men's basketball players were named to the McDonald's All-American Game rosters on Tuesday. Darianne Reed and Aiden Sherrill, who both play for Prolific Prep in California, were named to the West Team roster. Now, how about this? Alabama is one of just five schools to have multiple players on the McDonald's All-American rosters, along with Duke, Kentucky, North North Carolina and Rutgers. That's the level at which Nate Oates is recruiting right now. As good as anybody in the country. SEC hoops, as we mentioned last night, including a shocker. Well, not a shocker, Justin. I wouldn't call it a shocker that South Carolina beat Kentucky and Columbia. But that score was kind of a shocker. 79-62 with the Wildcats averaging 91 points a game. And the Gamecocks pulled away in the second half to win it easily. It's their highest-ranked are their highest, uh, their a their, I'm gonna get this out. They beat their highest ranked opponent at home since taking down number one Kentucky in Columbia 68 62, 14 years ago. And this one, they held the nation's top scoring offense to its lowest output of the season. As I said, Kentucky averages 91 points a game. And at the end, you had the, you had the crowd rush. Um, nobody, listen, there were no incidents, thank goodness. Uh, nobody got run into or knocked down or anything like that. But the fans did rush the court there in Columbia because I've said this so many times: the parallels between Kentucky basketball and Alabama football are are real. You know, when you beat when you're an SEC team and you beat Kentucky in basketball, it's it's different. When you're an SEC f- team and you beat Alabama in football, it's different. And we see that every time one of these teams go goes down. Of course, uh, area tournaments in basketball are just a couple of weeks away and the season is winding down really even less than two weeks away so high school basketball is heating up and uh we've got uh, those area tournaments man cranking up here in the uh you know first few days of february so right around the corner Alabama in the nfl update houston texans defensive end will anderson jr who led nfl rookies and quarterback pressures in the 2023 season was the uh, pro football riders of america defensive rookie of the year that announcement coming yesterday and he deserved it the third overall selection in the 2023 nfl draft out of alabama he played in 15 games started 13 at 29 tackles seven sacks 67 pressures 22 quarterback hits 10 tackles for loss also blocked a field goal on special tr- uh, teams and had a partridge in a pear tree, too. That's a joke. I said it on sports last night as well. Um, his seven sacks, though, set a franchise rookie record for the Texans. And, of course, his teammate, C.J. Stroud, the quarterback, was named the Offensive Rookie of the Year and the Overall Rookie of the Year. C.J. Stroud was phenomenal NBA last night, uh, we had a little Bama versus Bama. Uh, Of course, we talked about Brandon Miller yesterday, how well he played. What about uh, the matchup last night between the Pelicans and the Jazz? You had Herb Jones versus... Colin Sexton in that one. I'm pulling up the stats. That's why I'm paused here. And uh, it was a blowout win for the... uh, Pelicans. Let me get it pulled up here because I want to make sure I, r- I rattle off the numbers correctly because both of them had really good games. Hold on here. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Pelicans-Jazz. Let's see here. Come on. There it is. All right. Sexton in 24 minutes went 9 of 12 from the field, 2 of 4 from three-point range, 2 of 3 from the free-throw line. He had 22 points. He had a block, 7 assists, and 3 rebounds. That's a pretty good game in a losing effort. For the winners, Herb Jones in just 26 minutes. How's this for efficiency? Just an 8 of 9 from the field, 4 of 4 from three-point line, 2 of 2 from the free-throw line. He had 22 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and a block. That's what you call being efficient. He's a really good player. Pelicans beat the Jazz 153 to 124. Alabama men's golfer Nick Dunlap will hold a formal press conference in the morning at 9 a.m. to discuss his future plans. Dunlap will make a statement and be available for a short question and answer session following his statement. Last weekend, Dunlap became the first amateur to win on the PGA Tour since 1991 and the youngest player to win a PGA Tour event since World War II with his win at the American Express. The 2023 U.S. Amateur Champion joins Tiger Woods as the only players to accomplish winning a PGA Tour event as the reigning U.S. Am Champion. And so tomorrow morning, a press conference at 9 a.m., we're going to let you hear that live we're going to bring it to you live here on the show because uh nick dunlap is expected to announce his future plans whatever they may be and i don't want to speculate i know what i think is going to happen but we'll let him say it he's either going to uh, turn pro or he is going to continue to remain an amateur and play this season at alabama or maybe he'll have some combination of the two as far as starting out um you know, the season and, and, and playing some pro events as an amateur, then coming back and playing maybe for Alabama in the regionals, and then not waiting to turn pro until after the NCAA championships if Alabama makes it. I don't know, but that's what he is going to talk about tomorrow. So we're going to have that for you tomorrow cause that's a big deal. I, I mean, we talked a ton about it yesterday, and rightfully so, because history was made on Sunday out at Laquita, California, when um, Nick Dunlap won that. American Express as the only amateur in the field against a field of 156 professionals. How about that? So anyway, we're off and running. It's 12 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock here on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, we're going to take our first break. As I said, phone lines are wide open until 930 when we have John Hoops. 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904 is the number. Also, I'm going to let Justin get that uh, sound of Nate Oates. And we're going to have that for you today. I should I already sent that to you, Justin. That's my mistake. I keep forgetting that... I need to send that to you. But we'll get that uh, taken away, and we're going to hear from Coach as well. Also, as I said, I'm going to dive into Alabama's football roster and also uh, talk about the coaching staff. So keep it dialed in. We're just getting going on a rainy Wednesday morning in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show will continue on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC.
0: This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9, brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too.
2: University of Alabama. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Koneka Sausage, a true Southern flavor since 1947 and the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at KonekaSausage.com. Hello again everybody, I'm Roger Hoover. On Thursday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we'll be joined by PGA Tour radio's Doug Bell as he describes Nick Dunlap's victory at the American Express this past weekend.
0: Alabama is catching up. And of course with Nick Dunlap, uh, they could be catching up very quickly. Uh, but yeah, Jay has built a juggernaut in collegiate golf. Uh, he was there on Sunday with a milkshake. And when Nick won and was getting hugs and kisses from everybody, there was a coach standing there with a milkshake, uh, which is kind of his deal. Uh, and that was really neat as well. So, and then of course on social media, when we saw the uh, Alabama golf team, uh, go crazy when that putt went in, I mean, that was. That was really a special moment for, uh, obviously, Nick, uh, Coach Sewell, and the Alabama golf program.
2: I'll have more in a moment.
3: Favorite jeans. Favorite shirt. I can make a sausage and I'm firing it up, yeah. Everybody knows i would get
4: my grill on. You can smell that flavor up and down the road. It's a little taste of heaven and everybody knows.
5: i get my grill on.
3: Kaneka sausage. It's just a little taste of heaven.
2: Join us tonight for Crimson Tide men's basketball against Auburn. Tip-off is set for 6.30 p.m. Central with radio coverage starting at 5.30 across the network. And don't forget the courtside cam as well, presented by NASCAR on all CTSN social media platforms. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Kaneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from friendly- Crim- Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa
6: weather. A flash flood watch is in effect, cloudy with rain today and tonight. Maybe some thunderstorms around as well. The high today, 66. The low tonight, 62. Rain tomorrow with a high at 68. Friday, a chance of rain mainly during the morning. The high, 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on TIDER Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on TIDE 100.9.
1: All right, it's 9-17. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC, the Tide 109 app, and Tide109.com. Let's jump out on the uh, First Domain Condominiums Hotline and welcome in Tom. Good morning, Tom.
5: Good morning, Gary. How are you this morning? Good. Gary, uh, I got a request. Uh, I thought with Philip, one of your other great callers, said, um, you know, he was saying about Ryan Williams. Um, that, and I agree that uh, we're cautiously optimistic about some of the buzz that's going around. You brought it up, but it, could could, uh, could we not say anything about Ryan until after we know exactly what it's going to do? I mean, I can say anything follow. you want
1: about him. I mean, we're not a coach; we don't we don't have any NCAA rules uh, guiding us. We can say whatever know we want. It, I mean, I no, I...
5: you can. That's not the question. Okay. I don't want to jinx, jinx it. Well, I mean, I don't.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty superstitious. I, was, I know
5: you don't believe in that kind no, of stuff. No, I do. I Actually, you asked,
1: you asked Justin. I mean, that. Sunday when people were texting me after Sam Burns hit it in the water on 17, people were texting me that, uh, Nick Dunlap had it wrapped up. And I was like, well, wait a minute. No, 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 don't no, do not, Cause, you know, and then of course the plane ahead of him, Basin Court made that, uh, that birdie and he had to, you know, only had a one shot lead. So I'm very superstitious, but in this case, all I can tell you is what I've said all along that I think ultimately, uh, the guy's going to wind up signing with Alabama. That's what I believe. And um, you
2: okay.
5: are right, Gary, there you go. See, you're trying to you're trying to test the powers of the uh, recruiting God, and um, <coughs> and so I see you're determined that you're going to do it anyway. So uh, I'm, I'm going to move on to another subject.
1: All right, go ahead.
5: Now, Coach uh, Seawell was on with uh, Coach Sanderson and Barry this morning, and he was interesting about. Uh, augusta and uh you will be thrilled to know that i found this out from the conversation that uh nick is allowed five trips over there and uh and coach sewell said they're planning on two in february and two in march i thought that was interesting very mhm and uh, and i have we i i hope you're able to figure out a way to get uh, the path to the masters uh, done. I, I really do. I encourage you to, to work hard at trying to bring that about that we talked about. You remember I was talking about it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping uh, by the strongest of hope that uh, you're going to be able to pull that off. We'll do our best. See you,
1: Gary. All right, Tom. Thank you. Right. It's uh, 920 here on the Gary Harris Show. 205-342-9904 is the number on the First and Main Condominiums hotline if you want to uh, give us a call. we got Bart Heights on hoops coming up here in the next segment. All right. Uh, we're also going to get to Nate Oates at some point this morning on the show. All right. I want to get into this discussion about the coaching staff that uh, several people have asked me about since there's been no official announcement. And, and you know, some people don't follow it as closely as as – some of us do, you know, and, and, you know, and, and since there's no official announcements, a lot of people are wondering, well, who, who, you know, what's the makeup of the staff? I, I think there's one still full-time opening on defense, but this is the staff as um, I understand it right now. Let's start on offense. Obviously, Kalen DeBoer is the head coach. Ryan Grubb is going to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, he is, uh, of course, the guy that has led Washington's offense the last couple of years to some incredible numbers. And um, he was reportedly offered the job last year by Nick Saban to be the offensive coordinator before Alabama hired Tommy Reese. And um, he's just got an outstanding resume and an outstanding reputation and a guy that uh, a lot of people feel like is... Just a guy that uh, has a ton of talent as far as calling an offense and mentoring a quarterback. So he's expected to be the offensive coordinator. Robert Gillespie is going to be the running backs coach. Again, that's what we're understanding. He's on the road recruiting, so we certainly expect that to be the case. He, of course, is being retained from Nick Saban's staff. Gillespie (coughs) coached at uh, Florida he coached at uh, Oklahoma State. He's got uh, a terrific uh, resume as well and is a guy that knows the situation here, obviously, since he is on the staff already. Scott Huff is expected to be the offensive line coach. He coached the Huskies to the Joe Moore Award, which goes to the outstanding offensive line in the country this past uh, season. So, obviously, his... uh his credentials are great. Now, Eric Wolford, the former offensive line coach, also coached the Joe Moore Award-winning offensive line when he was in Kentucky. And it did a good job here at Alabama, although this past year, the offensive line, quite frankly, at times struggled. The wide receivers coach is expected to be Jamarcus Washington. And he will come over from uh, the University of Washington as well. And the tight ends coach also expected to come over from Washington is Nick Sheridan. So that pretty much is the offensive staff. On defense, Kane Womack, of course, from South Alabama, where he was the head coach, is going to be the defensive coordinator. And he worked with Coach DeBoer at Indiana when Coach DeBoer was the offensive coordinator there with the Hoosiers in 2019. And De- and uh, Womack was the defensive coordinator Maurice Linguist is expected to coach the secondary. He is um, also a head coach. He was a head coach at the University of Buffalo, where Nate Oates came from. And then Colin Hitchler is coming over from Wisconsin. Now, I don't know how they're going to work this out. Hitchler was a co-defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. He um, could wind up being you know, a co-defensive coordinator here, or so could Linguist for that matter. Titles, we're, we're going to have to wait and see uh, where they stand. And uh, he worked for or worked with Kane Womack um, in the past as well. So he's got some background there. Freddie Roach is staying on, expected to continue to coach the defensive line, the former Alabama linebacker that uh, coached here under Nick Saban. And there's one staff position on defense still to be filled, probably someone that will coach the linebackers. Again, these titles haven't been given out. In fact, there's been no official announcements on any of these coaches. So I'm just running down what I know. As far as um, support staff, Courtney Morgan, the general manager for Kalen DeBoer at Washington, is coming over to Alabama. He also worked at Michigan and had a lot to do with that roster being put together. Well-respected guy. Um, You know, a lot of people call it director of football operations. But Courtney Morgan has the title of general manager <clears throat> with De DeBoer. Jarrett McIlwain is expected to be the director of scouting. He is the son of former Alabama offense coordinator Jim McIlwain. David Ballou is going to remain as the head strength and conditioning coach. He also worked with Coach DeBoer at Indiana. And uh, David Ballou is one of the top strength and conditioning coaches in the field. Jeff Allen, longtime athletics trainer, head trainer, is remaining as well. Just an absolute uh, top-of-the-line professional in his field. So that's kind of what I know as far as the coaching staff. I don't know anything about uh, GAs, analysts, that type of deal yet. But I wanted to bring you up to speed. And a little bit later on, I'm going to bring you up to date on the roster as far as the positions and the scholarship situation there with all the players going into the portal, some players coming in. There's a lot of talk about that. So um, anyway, um, all right, let me uh, get to the break, and we're going to come back with Bart Heights on hoops right here on the Gary Harris Show. Break it all down for you next Stay with us on TIE 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC as industry has evolved it will always be that place to escape and have a good time whether it's for a game day weekend to reminisce on college days or to create new memories if you're looking for a good time there's only one thing to do head to the free at 1925 university boulevard and don't forget about the lucky lunch meat and three special monday through friday from 11 a.m until 2 p.m get a meat and three vegetables for just eight forty nine. or for a lighter appetite try the lucky lunch soup salad or sandwich combo i'll see you at the
0: free the Best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. We love that
1: We do love that basketball. We love it so much and in fact every week we have one of the leading authority on college hoops join us High on hoops bart heights uh, every wednesday breaks it down with us and uh, normally we have him in the second hour but uh, andrew bone uh, our bad of the bone recruiting analyst had to back his up today to 10 30 he's normally 9 30 and bart's normally 10 30 but bart was uh, able to move up today so and that's good because with bama and auburn playing tonight we want to get to we want to get to that game as quickly as we can what's up H? i'm doing good
7: man uh yeah i i if i was a bama fan i would uh i'd be excited about tonight man i think the atmosphere is going to be awesome it, it
1: should be it should be lit because i think when you look at uh alabama's last time out and um you know, you always want to redeem yourself when you play poorly and then you come in home to play your in state rival and the only unbeaten team in the S E. C. It should be it should be Electric. Before we get to that game though, let let's do look back at last Saturday. And I think you and I both had an inkling that this was not going to be a good matchup for Alabama. Um, and I like Alabama's team still. Fun team, can score. But, Bart, I continue to say the issues they had in November and December are going to be the same issues they have in March. I mean, they can't reinvent their roster. And, um, you know, a lot of people are going to struggle against Tennessee's experience and physicality and having those guys that are all 24, 25 years old. But Alabama in particular got bullied on Saturday, and that just seems like it's going to be an ongoing issue for this team. And they, they're going to have to deal with it tonight, too, because Auburn's a big physical team. But what happened on, on Saturday? Saturday in Knoxville from your eyes—that's you know—that that allow Tennessee just to really come out and just pounce the tide from the from the get go, and it was never a game.
7: This is not a long, uh, long and physical uh, Alabama basketball team. They can—they can—they can be long. Um, they've shown they can be physical at times, but I, I expected to see a little bit of this against Mississippi State, to be honest, Gary, and it just—it it didn't happen uh, in that manner. Now, I do feel like. Um <clears throat> all the the intensity Alabama will play tonight will match physicality I think throughout the whole game. Because I think Alabama's different at home. I think right. they play more physical at home. I think they're more active. They feed off the energy. I do think they'll be I mean, I, I think it'll be you know, Auburn will have some people there. They always bring some people to Tuscaloosa. Um but can they maintain it? I think on certain nights. Absolutely they can. But you know, in that in that setting when you're going to – what if you match up with a, with a um, you know, a Tennessee and then it backs up with a Purdue, you know, later on, or a Houston, you know, in the tournament. It's mm-hmm. about matchups, Gary. We always talk about that. So you can't really look that far down the road, but, like, for tonight – I expect Alabama to play with a lot of physicality tonight and the rebounding battle will be huge because Auburn has killed people on the offensive glass. Alabama has been great protecting the defensive uh, glass maybe a little undersized other than that Tennessee game, of course, Um, but they're vulnerable there. And so I think rebounding is a huge key early in this game. It
1: is, no doubt about it. Um, You know, you look at what It's happened, uh, and you know, listen, I mean, Alabama's, as you know, has got a really strong basketball tradition. There's just no way around it. Alabama's really done everything you can do other than not make it to the Final Four. Auburn has made it to the Final Four. Uh, Auburn's, Auburn's basketball tradition is a little bit spottier than Alabama's, but they've had some good teams, and certainly since Bruce Pearl got there, uh, these are the glory days of Auburn basketball. And now you look at Nate Oates and what he's done. In two of the last three years, he's won both the, the regular season and SEC tournament titles, uh, was the number one seed last year in the NCAA tournament, had a Final Four caliber team. Uh, two of the last three years didn't make it either time, but they've been that good. Um, it's ramped it up and, and so, you know, these two teams play twice a year. Alabama was able to sweep Auburn last year. So you look at, and you've already alluded to this a little bit, but this game uh, doesn't just mean something for the state of Alabama and it's always going to be about bragging rights, but it means something for the SEC and it means something for, for the national scene. Uh, this Alabama Auburn game has become a, a game that's about more than just beating your in-state rival, right? I mean, this is, you know, you look at the great traditional basketball rivalries around the country, and now when you see Alabama and Auburn play, you know they're playing for a lot.
7: Look at, like, a rivalry like a Kansas-Oklahoma, a Kansas-Texas. No, those are not fit, but from a basketball standpoint, take the rival out of it. That's where you want this thing to get, Um, whether it's conference or not. When it's in conference, it's even more special. Yes, I agree with you. Nateo's has brought more excitement to Alabama basketball than it's ever been. You know, now has that been helped by technological advances with Twitter and people keeping up with it all the time? Absolutely, but people are excited. But it's here's here's a here's a little inkling of why I think this is a really big game tonight. Okay, neither one of these teams have really recruited the state of Alabama. Um, in, in their coach's tenure. They had a couple of players here and there, but Bruce, they go outside of Alabama, big on Atlanta. Alabama's gone national since they've had Nate Oates, really, and just going after the really big-time five-star recruits. Well, here in this next year, you're going to have a bunch of kids in what I believe is, since 1991, it's the best class, definitely, but I think it may be the, the deepest class in the history of Alabama. Wow. Why, why is that? It is the come-up of Alabama. It is the Auburn. Final Four. People have heard me say, same thing happened in Mississippi. You started having all these high school generational talents. Well, there's really one generational talent probably in the state in Caleb Holt. But these recruits are watching this. I mean, you got kids that are being recruited by Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Mississippi State, a lot of SEC schools. It's getting back to where it was, but it's more nationally known and looked upon. So national eyes on it, SEC eyes on it, you know, recruits eyes on it. Yes, Gary, your point is very valid. This this rivalry is bigger than just Auburn beating Alabama or getting the trophy and and seeing Caleb DeBoer in his first setting um, with Auburn around. And and it's do, a lot bigger than that
1: man. Yeah, you summed that up well. All right, Bart, but now that we've ca- talked about the height, we talked about what's at stake. Let's just talk about the matchup tonight. Let's just get let's get in, yeah. you know, in between the lines. You, you look at Alabama, you know they want to get out and go, you know, they want to they want to shoot threes, they want to make it up tempo, they want to try to spurt. And you know Auburn um, you know, ten deep, um physical Great defensive team, um, you know, in the fat, and and they can play fast at times, but they don't want to get this into a track meet. You know, they, they want to slow it down, I think, make it more of a half court game, use their physicality inside with Broom and Caldwell and, and try to slow Alabama down. And and if they can do that, um, you know, they're going to try to get to the foul line like a lot of teams have done against Alabama. So just talk about the matchup and it, it's, you know, it's two different styles, but at the same time, um, you know, it's important I think for uh, I think Auburn can win uh, even if Alabama's able to get up tempo some. I'm not sure Alabama can win if Auburn's successful in slowing this thing down and keeping it into the say the you know the high 60s or 70s on the on the scoreboard.
7: Rebounding is the number 1 key um especially early. The biggest key other than that for Alabama is not turning the basketball over. Right, exactly. That was killer against Tennessee on the road. It was killer against Clemson at home. Um, the, the matchups Auburn's a little bit deeper in my opinion, um, and, and they just got dip more just, just differentiating guys that have similar skill sets. You know, like Broom and, and Cardwell are not the same player, but man, you better get a body on Cardwell when he comes in because his five minutes he comes in at a time he's coming in with energy. How does Alabama have uh, handle that? Can Alabama stay out of foul trouble and or get Auburn in foul trouble on the interior? That's what nobody's been able to do against Auburn. I think you're going to see Nato's attack the interior here. I think you're going to really see try to get Grant, uh, try to get Pringle uh, early in this game, try to get them involved. I think Auburn, i tell you what Alabama's really got to focus on, too, and they, Nato's and they will do this. Nobody has stopped Jalen Williams. And sure, nobody's man. talking about him. He's playing like a first-team All-SEC player, Gary. He's been in this league for five years. He's played in these battles. He's, he will be a huge focus of Alabama. I expect a lot of attention um, to be put on Jalen Williams. I don't really know if they'll go big or they go small. Um, I don't know if Griffin's a good matchup there. I, I'm anxious to see how they guard him. I think wright will get some time, maybe go smaller, um, and then collectively block out as a group. you got to keep Auburn off the offensive boards. Uh, I think Alabama shoots the ball well at home. Uh, that will be a huge key tonight. And I know he's really good. Freshman point guards on the road against your rival first time sometimes tend to struggle in this rivalry. It'll be interesting to see how Holloway plays. I think Donaldson's a huge key. I think he gets a lot of minutes in off the bench.
1: Who do you like tonight?
7: I like the Tide. Um, I like the home team in SEC games and rivalry games. Um, we've seen games be great. Both these teams are really good second-half teams, too, probably the best in the conference, especially at home. But, you know, you give me a Nate Oates team at home right now, um, and coming off of that Loss, and I just think that Vegas. There's a reason Alabama's a three and a half point favorite. Um, I think it'll be close for a long time, but I just, I think the free throw line tonight will be enormous, and Auburn usually dominates people. If Alabama can win the free throw battle and stay close in the rebound ba- rebound battle, and not turn it over, Alabama wins this game by seven eight points. If not, if those ca- if those categories add up, mm-hmm. if a close game, if this stays a close game mm-hmm. down the stretch. Um, I think it could be a, a, just a dynamic finish. Um I like Auburn in a close game. I like Alabama pulling away maybe last like 3 4 5 minutes again.
1: All right, let's uh let's backtrack before we get back to tonight. Uh listen, Missouri's struggling this year. A&M it wasn't easy, but A&M gets to win last night 63-57. But in Columbia, South Carolina, um I mean, I don't think I told Justin earlier. I'm not shocked that South Carolina won the game. Um you know, you knew it was going to be hyped. Um they're a pretty good team. But Kentucky averaging ninety-one a game, uh, South Carolina just con- just just kept them from getting going, and and to hold them to sixty-two points, I was surprised by the fact that South Carolina won the game seventy-nine sixty-two. Now we know, you know, sports people, it's a copycat, you know, deal. You know, success leaves clues. Whatever South Carolina did defensively, a lot of people are going to copy it. What did they do last night to shut Kentucky down, Bart?
7: Well, uh, they—I was texting with Chris Jans uh, the week after Mississippi State lost the opener at South Carolina, and I, I, right before they went to Alabama, uh, and texted and said that that this South Carolina team could be elite defensively at times. Um, I didn't say at times, but I have to say that now after Alabama destroyed them the second half, (laughs) Uh, but that's that second half mentality of Alabama that we talked about. But yeah, man here's what they did: they limited Kentucky's possessions. Kentucky, if you're going to score 91 points a game, like you hear Nate Oates talk about all the time, we got to have possessions. You're not going to be able to score the basketball if you don't have the ball and you're not getting a shot up, right? Kentucky turned it over a little bit last night. South Carolina made them completely one-on-one oriented. They were out on the three-point line, not giving any, uh, especially after that first probably, you know, seven, eight minutes of the game. There were no easy shots. Nothing. Everything was contested. But they slowed the game and limited Kentucky's possessions by running methodical weave motion out front, pitching it back and forth. Um, you know, Amici Johnson was great last night, not really scoring it as much. Other than that last shot, but just running the team, taking ten, twelve, fourteen seconds off the clock, getting Big Z back in creates a rotation problem. Trying to figure out minutes. But the biggest issue for Kentucky is they're they're not stopping people. I mean, they're like almost like a hundred in the in the nation in in team defense now. I think that's because you got a lot of new guys plugging in, not understanding help, not understanding what a teammate may guard well what another what others don't. Shepherd has a hard time. And Dillingham and Shepherd have a hard time keeping people in front of them. You got to remember, you got three guards in the game. Uh, you know, most at least one or two of them they're freshmen, man. And this is this is you got experienced guards. They're having a hard time stopping people on the perimeter, and their help side wasn't good last night. They just broke them down at the end of the shot clock. But South Carolina made shots, though, too, Mm -hmm. Gary. um, Some tough, contested, difficult shots, and they made everything that was open. Spacing was good. Lamont Harris is a name to be reckoned with. He's now 2-0 and o against Kentucky. If you go back to Chattanooga, both times he beat Kentucky, he slowed the tempo, limited possessions, finished at the rim.
1: That's yeah, impressive last night for sure. All right, let's get back to tonight. Uh, your Mississippi State Bulldogs on the road in Gainesville against Florida. That's an interesting matchup.
7: Really interesting matchup. Big game, Florida coming off what we've been expecting them to to kind of be going on the road of Missouri. Uh, a tough place to play. State has traditionally not won down there a lot. Uh, went down there final four year I know, and then maybe a couple of times under Rick Stansberry. But uh, the dogs are still hanging around. And when you see South Carolina winning games, um, you know, like last night, that just that kind of boosts who you are early in a season, if that makes sense. If you see the teams that have beat you go and do what they did. If you see Tennessee do what they did to Alabama, um, you know that gives you a confidence level when you play later in the week, uh, especially when you go on the road. State's got to start well early tonight. Um, they don't need to get behind because, you know, the scoring has been a, a problem. But Joshua, Josh Hubbard has hit a freshman wall a little bit. He's not shot it well. Um, very, very difficult to get one to go in the last three games. Uh, a couple of those on the road. Uh, and, and Alabama fans didn't really get to see that That Josh Hubbard, a lot of State fans have seen. I expect him to play better tonight. Uh, the rotation's gotten smaller now it's Florida. They just got to do what they've been doing on the glass, man. They've been really good. They were good against Missouri. Um, offensive rebounding has been a key. They'll have to keep Mississippi State off the offensive glass. And if Florida shoots the ball well, it gets, it gets them going into tempo and they'll try to slow state down and they'll do some token pressure here and there. Todd Golden did last year, um, to get the game slowed down to where states only got, you know, 15, 16 seconds to run their offense. Cause when you have limited options, um, You know, shooting the basketball and state still plays that veteran group who doesn't always score it um, on a consistent basis. If Florida can get state into those droughts, you know, those four, six minute droughts, I like Florida tonight. But if state just can continuously um, find something, um, I think Jimmy Bell's big tonight. I think Jimmy Bell off the bench is big. There's no answer for him and teams kind of relax when Tolu Smith goes out of the game. So I think it's a close game. Um, I do like Mississippi State tonight. And somewhat, I don't know if it was an upset, uh, but a lot of state fans don't expect to win down there. But I think state can go in and win
1: tonight. All right, I guess I jumped the gun on Arkansas a little bit. I thought maybe they salvage <laughs> their season when they when they pull that one out against A and M, and then Saturday at home against South Carolina. Of course, we know how you know South Carolina is capable of play, and they get it handed to them again. Now they go at to Ole Miss tonight, and then they got Kentucky coming into to, to Fayetteville. So. Um, you know, Ole Miss is pretty good, uh, but if you're gonna—I mean, if you're Arkansas, man, you're it's getting—it's getting dire now. I mean, they, they, you would think they'll be desperate tonight. I'm not sure it matters. Maybe they're just not very good, Bart. Maybe Arkansas is just a bad team.
7: And uh, minus that A and M somehow win, Um I can't disagree with you. They hadn't really been that good all year. You keep expecting them to turn around, turn it around, but Ole Miss kind of who we thought they were a little bit when they went on the road and got tested a couple of times this week. Um that's a big win for LSU at home, by the way, over Ole Miss and to to launch their tournament hopes uh for down the down the road. But I think Arkansas, they just can't make shots. And they're consistently it's two one on one oriented. That first game with Menafield it was great, but the ball was in his hands all the time. He's had foul trouble. Um but they they're just not fluid on offense, man. It's real choppy. Uh, and Ole Miss is going to guard. Ole Miss will get really up into Arkansas tonight. I, I was sitting there looking at that game. I, I really kind of want to like Arkansas tonight, but when I think about getting blown out at home by South Carolina, that game was never close. And then what happened against Auburn, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's one of my – I'm just going to keep an eye on that game, you know, and kind of out of the side of my eye and see because there's a big one uh, – there's a couple of big ones coming up next week, and this is a big game for Ole Miss because when you look down Ole Miss's schedule, their schedule—I think Ole Miss is a tournament team uh, somehow, Gary. Possibly because their schedule is as just like their football schedule next year is as favorable um, overall. There's a couple of stretches, but man, it's doable for them. But games like this, you got to protect your home court, especially against the teams that have struggled, uh, you know, all year, but definitely are struggling on the road.
1: All right, buddy, and uh we got one more game tonight and that's L S U at Georgia and uh, two teams that uh um both pretty good teams. I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised with LSU and, and Georgia's had uh, had a nice season so far.
7: Well, Mike's got his system going. Um he's got a couple of guys who are really step, stepping up um and making shots. I'm Raheem is a guy that can go get buckets uh you know at at, at at will. And Thomason has actually played really well. Uh just just all the little things and Made some shots here and there, but I like Georgia tonight. Uh, Stegman's rocking and we've talked about it. You're, people are going to get tired of hearing me say it. I just, I really feel like Mike White knows this league. He knows those jerseys. He knows the tendencies, regardless who the coaches are yet, different here, there. But you just, all those memories, all those experiences come into play. And at home, it makes you more difficult to prepare for, more difficult to, uh, to, to, to beat. And then when you got superstars that haven't been in the league, and going on in the road, Georgia is a weird place to play. Stadium yeah, is a weird shape. Yeah, um, it's like that. That the, the the backdrop's right up on you with the scoreboard. So uh, I, like, uh, I like I like I like I can I can't believe I keep saying this this year, Gary, but I like Georgia tonight um, at home to continue uh, what they've been doing.
1: All right, man. Awesome update as always, Bart. And you're all over the place. Um, you know, fill the listeners in on what all you got going on.
7: Yeah, man, got Jasper Ramsey, um, Saturday night on high shoots on WOTM. I'll be finishing up all the prep for that today. And then, uh, that's really it till next week. South Alabama still doing a lot of Sunbelt games and getting ready for the high school stuff. Um, we have not, we will be putting that, uh, that, that tournament together. I, I mentioned Tuscaloosa area. It's still in the works, but people don't realize, Jerry, these things have to come together quickly because you don't know what matchups are. That's right. You don't know, you know, and so really working on that. I'm hoping we get to do that, you and I. Um, that that area of terminal high shoots when, uh, with the Tuscaloosa Six A region, uh, the North uh, North Ridge, Bronx, Phoenix City, uh, and of course, Hillcrest. All
1: right, my friend. Thank you. All right, man. All right, Bart High on Hoops. Excellent update. It's nine forty eight here on the Gary Harris Show, and the YMCA of Tuscaloosa is in full swing. It's always in full swing, but you need to get in full swing at the Y all through the end of the month. No joining fee at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. Just go down, get your membership going, and get to working out. Don't talk about it anymore. Don't uh, don't you know. Fantasize about it anymore. Just go do it. It's in the great time to join. No joining fee through January thirty first at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, twenty three hundred Thirteenth Street downtown. We're back after this
0: Tide 100.9
6: Tuscaloosa weather: A flash flood watch is in effect. County with rain today and tonight, maybe some thunderstorms around as well. The high today, 66. The low tonight, 62. Rain tomorrow with a high at 68. Friday a chance of rain mainly during the morning. The high, 67. I'm Shane Spann on the ABC 3320 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You're listening to the Gary Harris Show. Oh! for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
5: All
1: right, 9.52. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show, and uh, we're winding it down for hour number one. Still to come in hour number two, though. Um, I'm going to talk about this Alabama football roster, the way it looks right now. And also, we're going to hear from Nate Oates. Uh, yesterday, he met with the media ahead of the big game against Auburn tonight. Also, uh, Andrew Bone, our Bad is Bone recruiting report, coming up at 1030. Uh, the latest on Alabama football recruiting. And, of course, more of your phone calls as well. Hey, First to Main Condominiums uh, brings you the First to Main Condominiums hotline every day in hour number one. Uh, it's where I live, and I think you uh, should consider living there, too. Three-bedroom, three-and-a-half-bedroom. Bath, luxury condominiums situated right on the Black Warrior River at the end of Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport. You got to see these condominiums to believe them. That incredible 125 year old train trestle that runs right next to the condominiums. Um, beautiful place to live. Great location. You know, just walk down the street to Billy's and all the shopping in downtown Northport. And then right over the bridge, you're in downtown Tuscaloosa, five minutes from campus. Uh, luxury condominiums, and I mean that, 10-foot ceilings, uh, modern, you know, really less than three years old. So if you want uh, luxury living and uh, where everybody, you know, comes together as a community, there's only 30 units in the entire complex. Visit firstandmaincondos.com That's firstandmaincondos.com And you can check them out or call 205-657-7465. Tell them you heard about it on the Gary Harris Show, and if you sign a lease, they'll give you your first month free if you tell them you heard about it on the Gary Harris Show. That's com. first and main condominiums in historic downtown Northport. All right, uh, Justin, busy last couple of days. And one thing, though, I have noticed, and we talked about this when Coach Saban retired and the whirlwind that followed. Um, and again, no announcements on staff yet, even though i ran it down for you. There's only one full-time coaching slot to be filled. But it is kind of settling in a little bit now. I think, I think people are adjusting, and the realization has hit that Nick Saban is no longer the football coach. And I sense, listen, most Alabama fans, if they had their... Way would still have Nick Saban as the head coach. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But now that he's retired and he's moving on to the next phase of his life, I sense some genuine excitement about Coach DeBoer and what he's going to bring offensively, uh, what he is going to bring just in terms of some new ideas. And, And, you know, that's the thing about when there's a coaching change, especially one like this, where it's not a coach being fired or a coach not succeeding. When you've had 17 years of one of the greatest runs in college football history, you know, Coach Saban's still going to be around. He's still viewed in such a positive light, and you know, unlike Coach Bryant, when he retired, he passed away a month later. Uh, Coach Saban going to be around to help Coach DeBoer. So I, I'm, I'm sensing a lot of excitement and enthusiasm among people here in Tuscaloosa in regards to this new coaching staff.
3: I think you're right. I think settling down is the perfect way to describe it because. That's, that's what's happening. fan. Th- there was excitement, I think, throughout the entire process, but it was masked a little bit by the nervousness and anxiety that the fan base had with moving forward and, of course, the somberness of Nick Saban retiring. But now that we're, we're settling down, we're getting some at least positive news around Ryan Williams, like we talked about in the uh, start of the show. Um, fans are, are excited again. Starting to, it's, It was there, but it's starting to show more. It's starting to show.
1: Indeed it is. And uh, it's going to be interesting uh, watching this uh, new staff come together and they hit the ground running and they haven't stopped. You know, it's um, roster management, recruiting, uh, and then, of course, spring football. around the corner it'll be here before you know it and what an interesting spring it's going to be and what an interesting a day all right that's going to wrap it up for hour number one this hour has been brought to you by alabama credit union remember owned a not-for-profit it's just a way better way of banking find out more at alabamacu.com alabama credit union loans for real life hour number two is coming up so don't go anywhere tide 100.9 fm twelve thirty am wtbc the tide 109 app and tide 109.com you can find the gary harris show on any of those different outlets hour number two is on the way as industry has evolved it will always be that place to escape and have a good time whether it's for a game day weekend to reminisce on college days or to create new memories if you're looking for a good time there's only one thing to do head to the free at 1925 university boulevard and don't forget about the lucky lunch meat and three special monday through friday from 11 a.m until 2 p.m get a meat and three vegetables for just 8 49 or for a lighter appetite try the lucky lunch soup salad or sandwich combo i'll see you at the free Los Tarasco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Las Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport.
0: WTBC Tuscaloosa and W two six five CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square Media station, Tide one hundred point nine, and streaming on the Tide one hundred point nine app. From the Fox Sports studios in Los Angeles. Here's Monty Bolaños. In NFL news, the Green Bay Packers have parted ways with defensive coordinator Joe Barry. The Las Vegas Raiders will interview Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan for their offensive coordinator job. In the NBA on Tuesday night, Kawhi Leonard dropped a triple-double as the Clippers rolled past the Lakers 127-116. to 116.
4: Our guys competed. They competed their butts off. But again, you know, whatever mistake, if you... If you close out the wrong way, or if, if if you're not doubling doubling, you know in a timely fashion, they're going to make you pay. That's just who they are, how they're built. Um, but again, we didn't get discouraged. Got disappointed a couple times.
8: We didn't get discouraged. Man, we fought through. an next play mentality.
0: That was Lakers head coach Darvin Ham at the Australian Open. Number two Carlos Alcaraz has lost his quarterfinal match to number six Alexander Zverev. Now this hour is West Alabama real time news update from the Tuscaloosa Threat Newsroom. West Alabama businesses that move coal and other materials to Mobile on the Black Warrior River will have to make other plans for the foreseeable future. An infrastructure failure has led to an emergency closure of a lock in Demopolis. Alabama basketball coach Nate Oates and his Alabama Crimson Tide will have their hands full when Auburn comes calling Wednesday night at 630 for the Iron Bowl of Basketball. Bruce Pearl's Tigers are the lone unbeaten team in conference play and currently stand at 5-0. For these stories and more, check out Tuscaloosa Thread.com. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome in to hour number two of the Gary Harris Show. For this Wednesday, January 24, 2024, I'm your host, Gary Harris, Justin Jones is uh, running the controls and uh, taking your phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in the second hour, 205-342-9904. Coming up in this hour, uh, Nate Oates uh, talks Alabama-Auburn basketball. We've got uh, the Alabama Football Recruiting Report with Andrew Bone coming up at 10.30. Also going to dive into this Alabama football roster and kind of give you a breakdown of how it stands so you can... uh, kind of get a better feel for who's here and who's not and you know what it's going to look like in the fall of 2024 as i said phone calls are welcome on the uh crispy cream donuts hotline at 205-342-9904 all right so let's go ahead uh and if we get a call obviously we'll uh we'll break away and we will um make sure that we get um To that phone call. But right now, I want to get to Nate Oates. And uh, he met with the reporters yesterday about the Crimson Tide and where the team stands right now coming off that first SEC loss at Tennessee in Knoxville on Saturday. And, of course, the big rivalry game tonight against Auburn. Auburn 5-0 and in the SEC, Alabama 4-1. and So this one is huge. Uh, We're going to run some of Nate Oates' media availability from Tuesday. Here's the head coach of the Crimson Tide talking about getting ready for the showdown against Auburn.
8: I mean, we're obviously coming off a tough loss. We did not play particularly well at Tennessee. Uh, they, you know, they exposed some weaknesses. We're, we're currently, if you look at conference-only games, we're dead last in turnover percentage on offense. We had not had that issue really until we hit conference play. So we've got to get some guys to start taking care of the ball better, You know, starting with our backcourt. You know, Mark Ryland, it over quite a bit Tennessee Aaron's had issues with his turnovers I think those three guys really got to take care of the ball you know because Auburn turns people over more than anybody in the league if you look at conference only games so their strength on defense has been our weakness on offense so that's gonna be a major area of concern and where we need to look at you know and then Auburn's just playing well I mean they're you know Coach Pearl's done a great job there. He's got them playing at an elite level. I mean, you look at their last, whatever, 11 games, or whatever. I mean, they're running through people. They're shooting the ball well. They're playing hard on defense. They're super deep. I think they're third in the country in bench scoring. So they they don't have too many flaws. Now, it's going to be a typical Alabama Auburn. Game. I mean, even when one team's – and they're definitely playing better than we are right now. But even when one team's better than another, these games tend to be tough, hard-fought games. We, we were the better team last year, and they came in here, and we were down – what was it, 17 with under eight minutes to go? Because they came and played hard, and we were somehow fortunate enough to get the win. We probably didn't deserve it for at least 30-plus minutes. We didn't deserve that win last year. So it'll be an intense – Game, Our guys need to play with a little bit more intensity, a little more toughness than we did at Tennessee. A lot more, actually. But, you know, we, we do have a good offense when we're not turning the ball over. Uh, they have a good offense. We need to, you know, Jalen Williams is shooting it well. Holloway, the freshman point guard, is playing elite. Brooms, one of the best bigs in the league. They, they've got really
3: good pieces on the team. just mentioned Broom, Just how important is it for guys like Nick and Grant and even Mo to play well in this game? Yeah, I mean, we've struggled in some of these games. we played some of the
8: best picks in the country when you know, we played Edie, Milo, Cogbrenner, Tolu Smith's been pretty good. I mean, you kind of go down the list. we played some good ones. You know, Broom's the leading scorer for Auburn. He, he's really good. So it is a concern. We've had foul problems with those guys. You know, Nick's got to do a better job guarding it. Now, Nick hasn't been in foul trouble here lately, but he's, you know, he's got a history of it. He's got to do a better job guarding him without fouling. Grant did a pretty good job on Tolu. You know, we might have to move Grant there a little bit. And Wagee's got the same issue as Nick. He's got to do a better job without fouling. So, and Broom's tough. He's physical. He he deep-seals you. He can step out and make a three. He can take you off the dribble. So, he's not you know, like, he's not He's not that big. He's not as good maybe in the post, but he's got unbelievable footwork in there, and 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 he's strong. So he's definitely a concern for us. Yeah, you you talked about uh, their ability to force turnovers, but, I mean, they don't turn the ball over much in terms of non-steals. I mean, what do you see there from the way they take care of the ball? Yeah, I mean, they've got a freshman point guard that's doing a really good job running their team, taking care of the ball. So... I see a quality team that's well coached that understands the value of taking care of the ball, and we got to get better at it. Like, we're not; our defense has never been one to, you know. And they 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 play super hard, but they kind of junk it up and they'll trap and you know different out of bound schemes to try to turn you over. We haven't done that as much, so we, we've been more. Try, you know, we had the number one effective field goal percentage in the country last year on defense. Ours has been a little bit more like that. You know, with this group, we may need to be a little more aggressive at times, similar to them. But you know, they 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 do a good job taking care of the ball. We we don't necessarily have to turn you over to to have a good defensive performance. But we haven't been as good at, at you know our effective field goal percentage this year. Teams have been able to get to the rim too much and get too many open threes. But we're not going to all of a sudden start. Gambling, going for steals, putting us in. that That's not really who we are.
2: Yeah, Coach, how would you describe
8: kind of this matchup, this rivalry, and what it's meant to uh, you and this team since you've been here? Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, Coach Pearl came in, turned that program completely around. I mean, you look at where it was before he got here. It was at the bottom of this league. So the, the last three years, the regular season championships have been Totally in the SEC have been totally in Alabama, you know, in the state of Alabama. We've got two of them, they've got one, you know, they, they've done a good job. I think somebody told me in the last six years, since 2017, there's been nine first round picks in the Alabama Auburn games. So you look at the talent there, I mean, they've had a, a Curl, Jabari Smith, they've had lottery picks. We've had Kyra, Primo, Brandon Miller, multiple lottery picks, multiple first round picks from both. Groups, there's been a lot of talent. There's been a lot of winning between the two programs. Um, there hasn't been a lot of, of blowouts. They're all pretty close games, and they're, you know, the fans certainly get into it. I mean, their their environment over there is great. I'm sure our environment here tomorrow will be great. You know, it's, it's a big rivalry game. That that you know, and Coach Pearl made the point to me. I think maybe my second year, like this, this game's always been big game in the state of Alabama it's it's taking it from a big game in the state of Alabama to a big game in the country you know, I think games of the night on Wednesday I think somebody put them out maybe it was Andy Katz had Alabama Auburn game number one one game maybe, maybe even of the week I'm not sure if somebody sent it to me but it's gotten to be that point like this they're in first place in the league we're one game behind them you know if they beat us they're two games out and they've given themselves an unbelievable lead to win the league you know if we beat them we're tied for first place and we're right there competing for a league championship again so th- this game has meaning across the country not just in the state of alabama now
2: talked about katie johnson last night on the radio just you know maybe the season shooting percentage isn't great but he went four or five against like can last year just how dangerous is he as a shooter
8: yeah i mean, we made that point our guys know it you know you can look at his numbers that is what he's shooting. You know, the numbers are the numbers. Uh, he's going to have a, a little bit different edge to him in tomorrow night's game than he has in the rest of these games. And he's one of their real emotional guys, talks a lot, play, gets his energy up. You know, you know they kind of play off his energy a little bit. So uh, we're not going to treat him like a 20% shooter. He's going to be treated a lot more like the 4-5 or five shooter he played like last year. You, you mentioned that Auburn's
2: playing better right now, but how would you describe the gap between you guys right now is it a lot closer than maybe it looks on the record or
8: yeah I mean I, I like record wise they're significantly better than we are you know they, we, we're 12 and six and they, they don't have many losses they're uh if you look at the metrics and I've told our guys this like okay that's great we've blown out some bad teams by a lot so our efficiency metrics look good. In, in the games that matter, we're not coming up with enough wins. They've come up with a lot more wins, so I, I we'll see tomorrow. I, I don't really have the answer to that. I think our guys need to compete more. They need to play together more. They need to take care of the ball more. Like we got to figure out how to win tough, close games. Like I, I do think the talent level's a lot closer than what the record would say. But talent's not everything. Like you can be really talented, non-competitor. Like I'm still trying to figure out, are, you know, are we a competitive group that that does what it takes to win, or, or are we just got a lot of really talented players that fold when you know when they're in the middle of tough games against good teams? Because I'm, I'm not sure yet. Like I I, I hope we got some competitive guys. I thought today's practice looked a little bit more like what it's supposed to look like. But we'll see when the ball goes up tomorrow, though.
1: All right, great stuff there from Nate Oates. And we're going to go ahead and cut out of it. I think you got the gist of it. It's a big game. He's still trying to figure out his team, if they're just talented or if they're talented and competitive and and can start winning some of these games against these really good teams. Now, they do have some wins over good teams. Uh, It's not like they don't. I mean, South Carolina's a good team. Oregon's a good team. Uh, I think Mississippi State's a pretty good team. But for the most part, when they've played these kind of games, you know, they've they've had losses. I mean, they lost to Ohio State. They lost to Clemson. They lost to uh, Purdue. They lost to Creighton. They lost to Arizona. Um, lost to Tennessee. So tonight's an opportunity not only to get a win, but to get a win against a really uh, good team, as Coach alluded to. Auburn's only got two losses. They're unbeaten in the SEC. They're playing great. So this win tonight, in addition to to a robbery game, also would mean a lot for Alabama in terms of their, um, just in terms of their, I think their middle um, state, to say, hey, man, we can beat an elite team. And I do think Auburn's an elite team right now. So it's a big game tonight. There's no other way around it. Six thirty tip off at Coleman Coliseum. Uh, of course, you can hear it here on uh, Tide one hundred point nine FM and ninety five three The Bear. And um, Justin, do you know the the rundown for the? I know we got Fowler this afternoon in the game. They'll have the well, they have the uh, pregame
3: show. I, yeah, I think they're going to have the pregame, and I believe we do postgame as well. I don't know how that's going to work as it kind of goes towards the end of ryan's show but uh stay tuned because I'm, well, sure I'm sure we'll, ryan will it.
1: fill you in and you know there's always the option of, of uh, you know we have other stations in the cluster and we have the tide 109 stream so but we'll have plenty of basketball coverage for you tonight as the tide takes on the tigers all right it's 10:14, and uh when we come back we're open for phone calls in the next segment 205-342-9904 205-342-9904 is the number on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline love for you to give us a call and get involved uh, we've had some really jam-packed shows in the last few weeks with callers today has been a little slower but uh, we're wide open in the next segment if not I'm going to uh, get to my roster breakdown just kind of tell you where we're at in terms of the current roster um, I know a lot of people are asking questions with all the portal movement you know Alabama's still got a good looking roster I mean I'll, I'll run that down for you and then uh, Bowen on recruiting and the latest on Ryan Williams coming up at 10.30 here on the Gary Harris Show. So keep it dialed in. We'll be right back with more right here on Top 100.9 FM and 1230 AM
6: WTBC. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A flash flood watch is in effect cloudy with rain today and tonight. Maybe some thunderstorms around as well. The high today 66 the low tonight 62. Rain tomorrow with a high at 68. Friday a chance of rain mainly during the morning the high 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 30 40 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Catch
0: every game and every moment right here. This is your home of Alabama. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: 1018, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones with you here on TIE 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Phone lines are open on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. If you want to join us, 205-342-9904. Uh, we'll get you through. All right, um, Alabama football roster breakdown. <clears throat> and um, you know that um, it's kind of difficult right now with – all the players have gone to the portal and new guys coming in, and we don't know what's going to happen, um, between now and, and the spring, but we do have an idea of what this roster is going to look at, look like. And, and I'll tell you this, I think people that have panicked a little, and of course, as I said, opposing, opposing teams, fan bases, and, you know, radio show hosts, um, not necessarily on this station, but at other stations, kind of acting like it's doomsday. Oh, well, Alabama's going to, you know, 30 players gone. They're not going to have a, you know, not going to be any good. Um, that's not accurate at all. And I want to give full credit for this. And I wish I had ri- written the, the posters name down, but I didn't. I just, um, I should have done that. But cause I got this from one of Rodney Orr's members on dot com. um, he put out a full roster breakdown and i wish i had made a note of who it was but you know because I, I don't want to take credit for me going through and doing all this research although i did do some i'm, gonna be, I'm not going to lie to you i was reading up on the roster and then i saw this list and uh checked it and the guy was right on he put a lot of work into this so i wish i wish i had uh written down the poster but if he happens to be listening uh take full credit because I got this list from uh someone at tittercenter.com and then checked against it to make sure it's right and it is so um you know let me kind of and we, if we got a call coming in here we'll break away and I'll get to this I'll still have time to get to this in fact we got a call coming in now so we're going to go ahead and take the call but I've got you know this guy broke it down by every position quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, quarterback, safeties, and specialists. So it's a pretty thorough list of who Alabama has on scholarship right now and who's coming in, you know, as far as signees are concerned. But right now, we're going to get out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. Remember, Krispy Kreme Donuts hot, fresh, anytime, and talk with Cowboy. What's up, Cowboy?
4: Oh, not much. I turned the leaf today, Gary. <laughs> What'd you do? Oh man, this, this, some guy sent me a message. He ran around the sun another year today. What's <laughs> you oh, your what birthday? Me. Oh yeah.
1: Well, happy oh, birthday, man. pal! So you're. Yeah. Uh, hang on, let's see. Yeah,
4: no, don't say it. Don't say <laughs> it. Don't say it. Hey man, yeah, when you get to be
1: our age, you live by that. And it's true, but you try, you start, try, you try to start living by it. If you didn't know how old you were, how old would you be? And that, that's, that's, I love that. You know, I'm not big on a lot of these little sayings and rationalizations, but I like that one because if you didn't know how old you were, you'd be as old as you feel, you know, you'd be as old as you thought you were. And so you can't get, you, you know, we're all aware of the numbers when we get older. Um, but you can't, you can't, be a slave to it, man. So you listen. You yeah. got a lot of energy. You got a lot of uh, get up and go. So I'm pretty confident that you're living um, your life at about ten or fifteen years younger than what it actually says on the birth certificate, man. Yeah. So take play, take pride in that. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I I was fortunate to be
4: born in a leap year and. And uh, I got some good numbers. So oh,
1: I, if you're born in Leap Year, you're, you're, you're what, about 12? <laughs>
4: 15? Yeah, I'm 12. Yeah. yeah, I'm 12. Yeah, I'm 12. Somebody can do the math. They can figure that out. Yeah,
1: man. Yeah. All right. 12, Leap Year. Yeah. You
4: know, it's, it's, it's past 50, but it's between 55 and 60. Yeah, really well, like I
1: said, you're 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 fit, and that's a good thing. So, well, happy oh, okay. birthday, man! What else? Okay, uh, you know, what else is on your mind? I
4: appreciate it. Um, yeah, maybe we can get a victory over Auburn on my uh,
1: uh, birthday. That would be night. a good yeah. birthday present for you. That'd probably yeah. be the best birthday present. And yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think they can do it. I think they can bring it home. I think I'm going to go over it tonight because. It's uh, don't you know, they have all those Tuesday games, and I have Tider Insider TV. But I'm going to go over tonight after the news. And, and I probably won't stay for the whole game because i got to come back and do the 10. But I'm probably going to go over and stay till about the 10-minute mark of the second half before I come back to the station. So I'm looking forward to getting over there and, and soaking yeah. in that atmosphere. What time does it start? 6.30. Oh, 630. Is Check the TV that, on that, ESPN too, or? Justin. See if it's ESPN or SEC Network real quick. Hang on. I, need cause I We, we pumped the fact that we have it on the radio here, obviously, so I hadn't even checked the yeah. TV, but it's on TV. i just have to see. Do you, of course, if you don't get SEC Network out there in Dallas, or do you?
7: Oh, yeah,
1: I got it. Okay, you got, got, it. got it. Hold on. Yeah. It's going to be on ESPN. Oh, it's on regular ESPN, though, Cowboys, so don't oh, have to worry anyway. Uh,
4: yeah, did, did, yeah. I, I listen to the games or basketball games and football and done some baseball on your app. So yeah, that app's killer, anybody man. Anybody out there promote that? Y'all got to. Yeah, get that app, that
1: app's awesome. And, you know, please, folks, download the Tide One Hundred Nine app, man. It's cool. Yeah, Justin, I got another um, job for you. You can Check app messages in a minute too. <laughs> Go ahead, cowboy. Yeah.
4: What about uh, Coach Gundy's son coming to Alabama? Well, yeah, that turned Gundy. out
1: to be a false alarm. Oh, did it? Yeah, it turned out to be a fake tweet, and I got I, I retweeted it till I figured it out because. I saw Mike Farrell, the longtime recruiting guy, had retweeted it. But somebody went to a lot of trouble to put together a, a profile of Gunnar Gundy and make it look. It, yeah, I mean, I what what? Listen, I don't have time dude, for dude, that man. mess. What is wrong with All people? That what what kind of satisfaction do you get out of trying to dupe people? You know what? I mean, I don't. I can't even figure out the concept, man.
4: Man, that's a sick minded person. Yeah. Yo. Yeah, they,
1: they went to all that trouble to set up a profile, make it look accurate. <laughs> put out an announcement that he was, uh, you know, when I saw it, I thought, well, it could be accurate because I thought maybe he wanted to coach. Um, yeah. and you know, wanted to, and, and wanted to get under DeBoer's system because I knew he wasn't going to play here. Um, mm-hmm. but I just assumed that he was going to walk on and, and play for a year and, and, and learn a DeBoer's system. And of course his dad, Mike Gundy, is a very successful coach. And I thought maybe he's going right. into coaching. So that's why I, I never took it that he was actually going to be a player here. But then, uh, a couple of people sent me texts and said, Gary, that's a false, uh, and then when I checked it out, indeed it was. So, but it got a lot of people. Yeah, I, thought he might, I thought he might have
4: been going to do the Garner Minshew. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You know people forget
1: country. Minshew was coming yeah. here and was going to probably yeah. do what we're talking about. Back up. Uh, I guess it was at two at the time. Yeah,
5: Jalen. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was gonna. Day. That's right. He was
1: gonna be a backup here, and then go into coaching. And Mike Leach yeah. called him up and said, "Man, don't go be a backup at Alabama. You come here, to Washington State, and play for me." And now the guy's been playing in the NFL for five years or whatever. Oh, so it worked. <laughs> that's awesome. And he can that's still awesome. and he can still go into coaching. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> you talk about a phone oh, call yeah. change in your life, yeah. Because Minshew, a lot of people don't know this story. He's from—is it Brandon? He's from the Jackson,
2: Mississippi yeah, he's area. He's from Brandon. Yeah.
4: You it, know, you know who called Mike Leach and told him how Mummy saw him throwing over there because how Mummy had been the coach at Fell Haven and was doing some stuff around Jackson, Mississippi at the time and saw him throwing over there and called Mike Lee and "You get this guy up here and check him out.
1: How about that? You know, so it was Mummy that tipped him off. So yeah, Gardner Minshew yeah. was uh, going to transfer and I can't even remember where he was playing at the time. Um,
2: he, was at oh, he was at East Carolina. He was right. at East Carolina, that's right.
1: Had been a really good quarterback at East Carolina, but decided I guess that he wanted to Come here, play a year under Saban, um, get that on his on his resume, be a backup, and then go into a coaching career. And yeah. as you said, uh, all I knew was Mike Leach. I, I, maybe I had heard it was How Mummy, but anyway, Mike Leach gets wind of that and calls him up and says, "Hey man, don't go be a backup at Alabama. Come play for me." And he went up to Washington State and put up gargantuan numbers. And now not only has he been let's see Washington state let's let me give you these numbers he put up 13 games they went 11 and 2 he went 468 for 662 for a 707 percentage completion rate 4776 yards 38 touchdowns and just nine interceptions and the next thing you know the guy you know people kind of and he has been an off and on. You know, he's been a backup, but he started a lot of games too, including this year oh, yeah. for the Colts. And yep. started some games in Jacksonville. Listen to this. He's he's had uh he's had he's thrown fifty nine touchdown passes in five years in the NFL, buddy. That's that's uh, almost eleven touchdown passes a year.
4: Oh yeah, he's living the life of Riley, man. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's he's doing great. Hey, um, you know, our wide receiver
1: coach now
4: and your coach
1: uh, DeBoer coached with Mike Leach at Washington State in twenty. He sure did, yeah. Shepard sure yeah. did, yeah. He's a guy. Yeah. I've been, like I said, I've been studying this uh, this this staff a little bit, and uh, let me tell you something. Um, uh, I mean, Jamarcus Washington, not Shepard. Jamarcus yeah. Washington is a high energy guy, dude. He is a yeah. high energy guy. I'm looking forward to seeing the staff. I really am. Yeah,
4: I was hoping that uh, that Coach Chuck Morrell would would come down with him, but I guess he's not. He was kind of the mountain man-looking guy on the staff, but he's been a head coach at Montana Tech. They're pretty good in that NAIA, and that's where Kelvin Sampson started his basketball coaching career. Mm-hmm. And uh, But maybe he'll still come down in some other role, but he's been with uh, Kellen DeBoer ever since he's been a, a head coach. Yeah, he sure has. And,
1: and yeah, I, I was I was wondering about Morrell, and um – you know, but I, I'm with you. I, I thought initially that he would be, he would be down here for sure. But um, who knows? You know, when these staffs change, it, it they're always yeah. going to look a little bit, but different. But anyway, well, I'm,
4: I'm anxious to see Austin Mack in the spring. You know, he he's got
1: that Cam Newton size box. Well, not only not only am I excited to see Austin Mack, I'm excited to see Dylan Lonergan, too. I mean, again, when I get into my roster breakdown, that uh, actually, like I said, it was actually a member on Ti uh, uh, Tighter Insider that put it out, but this quarterback room is a good looking quarterback room, buddy. I'm
3: telling you. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Philip, who usually calls in, was letting us know he thinks it was Brody Smoot who posted that on the. Titer Insider. No,
1: he po- he posted it from somebody on Titer Insider. Oh, I got you. That's what happened. I saw he reposted, and somebody on Titer Insider was like, "Give us credit." So I don't will anyway. I don't know. It was a Tighter Insider member. That's all I know. And everybody's gotten their hands on it. Like I said, including me, because it's uh it's really well done. And I should have written down the poster that did uh that's on me but um i double checked against it and it's a really good breakdown but yeah this quarterback room real quickly because we had to hit the break cowboy you got milrose simpson lonergan and mac <laughs> that's a, listen man i i understand julian saying is a highly touted prospect but that's a pretty good quarterback room right there my friend i put that oh, i put yeah. that up against i put that up against a lot of them in the country those four guys now don't
4: you think somebody will leave that was under Sabin-
1: I don't, I I don't, I don't, I don't. I sure don't because because Simpson came back before Saban departed knowing that he was probably going to be the backup to Milrow. Lonergan was coming back because he's young. And now Matt comes in. All of these guys after, you know, if Milrow is the starter this year, when he leaves, all three of those guys are going to believe they have a chance to start. You know what I mean? So I don't think any of them are going to go anywhere. And plus, Matt, yeah.
7: Max has got the advantage because he knows the offense. He does,
1: but they'll, they'll have time to learn it. Like I said, Mac's not going to start yeah. this year. So, you know, what happens is if, if, if Milro's the starter, these guys back him up, then they compete for the 2025 job. Or, you know, God forbid if there's an injury, you're always one play away anyway. So, hey, cowboy, got to yeah. hit the break, man. All right. Be good, buddy. All right, pal. We'll come back with, uh, we will come back with, uh, uh, bad to the bone, Andrew Bone, Bama football recruiting report next right here on the Gary Harris show. Patterson Comer, since 2011, Billy's Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's Management Dream Team. Billy's, good food, good friends, and good time.
0: Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: 1034, welcome back in. When you hear that music, it's reserved for one man and one man only. Uh, Bad to the Bone recruiting analyst, Andrew Bone, senior recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network, and joins us regularly here on the program to talk recruiting. And gosh knows we got a lot to cover today. So let's jump right in. Good morning, Bone. Morning, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for coming on. And uh, let's get right to it with Ryan Williams because uh, a lot of buzz here in Tuscaloosa today that something might be happening soon. Uh Jalen Mbakwe, his good friend, Alabama signee, um, and, and uh, Ryan Williams were at a high school basketball game going into the visit this past weekend. And then I know Mbakwe has been getting out to high school basketball games, and there's just a lot of chatter, a lot of buzz, that something might be about to happen. Uh Fill us in. Uh, should we be on Ryan Williams' watch here in the next couple of days?
4: I think we're going to be on Ryan Williams' watch, uh, certainly until... um until he makes that decision, whether it's you know, this week or uh, or next week. We don't have any insight as to when that decision is going to happen. But uh, but I do think that you know, things are moving in a uh, in a positive direction for Alabama after the weekend visit, uh, took an official visit past weekend. Uh, but it wasn't his first time meeting with Coach DeBoer. He actually made a trip to Tuscaloosa last week, last uh, uh, Monday. Uh, spent time with him, uh, met him for the first time, had a great conversation, and then – uh, took the official visit and you know things have um uh but everything that we have heard has been very positive regarding the weekend visit and then uh on top of that he announces that uh or he didn't announce that we learned that he was no longer going to be taking an official visit to uh to texas as originally planned now you know, i know a lot of people <laughs> especially people on our on our board have always said that they were uh probably more concerned about texas than than even Auburn, just because of uh, uh, the NIL factor there, mm-hmm. and uh, we know they've been uh, pretty big uh, players in that regard. But it, uh, he decided to not take the visit out there. He did take a visit to Texas A&M two weekends ago, and you know I actually think that was probably more of a uh, more of a blessing than than anything else, just because he had decommitted from Alabama two days prior. Uh, he went to he went out to a school that he's never visited before. Uh, I think it gave him a little bit of time to kind of clear his head, get away from everything, flew out there, flew back. He saw a familiar face out there, and Holman Wiggins, who had been recruiting him for uh, the last two years at Alabama. uh, Now, I don't think Holman Wiggins was sitting there telling him, hey, you need to give Alabama a chance. I'm sure he was out there trying to recruit him uh, for Texas A&M. But at the same time, I I think it kind of helped Ryan uh, think about things and give – Alabama a little bit of time to put their new staff in place and uh, he even talked to coach DeBoer uh during that weekend uh visit and you know made it like I said made it Tuscaloosa that following Monday uh met staff and so everything that we have seen we've heard um from the visit was uh was very positive and you know two weeks ago is when he decommitted two weeks ago is when Nick Saban retired and uh, all kind of seemed lost on that front that he was not going to end up back in the recruiting class um you know, a lot of course a lot of people already thought that uh, auburn was you know in the um in a potential good position because he has that final official visit plan to auburn uh as of right now uh before his scheduled signing date for february the 9th so obviously we're all still kind of paying attention to that is that is it going to continue to take place now he has not said that that's changed. And talking to people down at Sarah Land, he has not informed them that that has changed. So as of right now, he still plans on uh, taking that visit. But we are watching things closely as of right now, um, and we will see if anything per- perhaps pops uh, sometime soon. But I do think uh, as of right now that Alabama is uh, is starting to feel a little bit better about where things stand with
1: Ryan. Well, we know you'll be on top of it, and if anything breaks, you'll have it. All right, uh, I know, as we've talked about the last few weeks, a big part of what you do now is tracking the portal, man. It, it, you know, you got to track high school recruits, and, and you got to keep up with what's going on the portal. I, I want to get to the Julian Sain situation because I'm going to ask you a million-dollar question I've been asked a, a ton of times. Did did, did um, Julian Sayin transfer because Alabama brought in Austin Mack, or did Alabama bring in Austin Mack because Julian Sayin was going to transfer?
4: I don't know if it was, you know, potentially a little bit of both. Um, you know, you look at, go um, you know, Julian saying this kid that, and we've talked about this a lot um, over the last year. Uh, you know, he didn't commit to uh, Bill O'Brien when Bill O'Brien was the offense coordinator at Alabama. He didn't commit Tommy Reese. He committed to Nick Saban. Right. He wanted to play Nick Saban. Um, he always told me he didn't care who the offense coordinator was at Alabama he was going to Alabama to play for Nick Saban, and and I think that was something that people around the building knew um, last week, and I think they knew that it was a possibility that he could enter the portal, um, whether it was last week or, you know, in a few weeks or in a few months, that was potentially on the table, and the new coaches that came in from Washington, uh, Coach DeBoer, Coach Ryan Grubb, uh, and their staff. Yeah, you know, I think they you know, sat down, had a conversation with him. I don't think, I don't know. If, uh, it's hard to say for sure what, what happened during that conversation because there's been a lot of rumors out there and speculation. But I do think that you know, that the coach DeBoer and that staff was not 100% confident that Julian was going to stay, and you know they needed to make a decision, and they decided to bring in Austin Mack knowing that. Bringing him in would potentially uh, push Julian out of the class, and I think they were okay with it. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't think highly of Julian, That's but right. I think they were trying to protect protect themselves for the future and to have a quarterback on its roster because um, you don't want to you don't necessarily want to go into the spring or into the fall with only three quarterbacks on uh, on your team uh, with uh, Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and Dylan Lonergan, and who knows if another one were to uh, potentially enter the portal if they get out of the spring, not being the uh, the starter. So they brought in somebody that they were really excited about uh, in Washington uh, that they had um, recruited, that they had developed a relationship with, who had worked in their system for over a year. I don't think they would have brought Austin Mack in if they didn't have full confidence in him uh, and his future. Um, they, would have, they would have just left him at Washington and not recruited him. Uh, you know, they weren't. They wouldn't try to bring somebody in that uh, they didn't believe could play at a high level and, and could be an impact player. So that was probably, uh, you know, a big part of it. But uh, from talking to Austin back, I mean, he had just nothing but grave, great things to say about uh, Coach DeBoer and Coach Grubb and the relationships that they built uh, with the players and this team. And we've seen a lot of that. Um, from players on Alabama's team come out and said and you know reasons for sticking with Alabama and despite all the transfers and you know, it's kind of funny how you know we saw all these you know reports about you know 25 28 transfers from Alabama since coach DeBoer took over that wasn't you know, that wasn't really true at all a lot of those transfers that happened either absolutely uh, either before uh the uh the college football playoff or or right after before Coach Saban retired now you know there were some losses obviously and there were expected to be some losses Caleb Downs uh was so torn about his uh his decision but you know, a lot of people in that facility knew he was there for Nick Saban and and, and uh pretty much Nick Saban only um you know Julian saying obviously was a big loss but there are other there are other guys in that in that uh, transfer portal or who have committed elsewhere that can be replaced. And I think Coach DeBoer and his staff had a meeting with the team, multiple meetings with the team, and they I think they made it you know a, a pretty strong statement. You know, you either want to be here, or you you know, or you came here to play for somebody else. We respect that, but you need to make a decision, get into the portal because we got we got to fill the team. We got to you know, find your replacements. We got to make sure that. Uh, this program is going to be set. So if you're going to enter the portal, you better go ahead and do it. And that's why we saw, you know, several guys enter the portal last week. We also have seen Alabama uh, be aggressive in the portal. And they they got three players from the transfer portal who played in the national championship, well, at least two that started it uh, or you know, played a significant role in the national championship game. Um, and then you have Austin Mack. So I think they're happy. Uh, and we're going to see some more portal additions, whether it's, Sometime soon, or maybe uh, a little bit later in the spring, but I think this uh, this roster is going to be quite talented heading into the fall.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you hundred percent on the on the on the portal guys that you know, posing fan bases. Talk show hosts from other parts of the, the SEC have beat Alabama to death on that and really a lot of embellishment going on. But I do want to ask you because we, we, we know who's left and we've talked about it and we've covered it. Uh, we mentioned Austin Mack coming in the quarterback from Washington. Two other players are coming in and there make, there could be still more, but let's talk about, uh, the center Parker Brailsford who I, you would expect to be the starter for alabama after being a 15 game starter at washington as a freshman let's start with him um you know athletic guy gets to the second level a lot of people here are concerned about his weight because you know we're used now to seeing you know alabama not putting anybody out there under 300 pounds and he he played between 275 and 280 but this is a guy who fits this system very quick very athletic very strong long arms what have you seen for parker Brelsford? and i'm sure you probably were familiar with him in high school too
4: yeah, you know, he's a um you know, strong kid, powerful, plays with great leverage, great technique, not really that concerned about size. Um you know, it probably does need to put on a little bit of weight, but you know, that can be easily done. Uh in Tuscaloosa, um in the strength and conditioning nutrition program, you know, he's, he's going to be all right. He's going to be able to hold up uh in the SCC. You, you know, you watch his film. You know, he's not playing up, up against 200 and 60 pound lineman. I was watching this film going against all-American defense tackles uh at Texas in the uh in the semifinal game and being able to get under those guys and move them uh away and uh you know had one run where you know he uh he put tavondre Sweat who is uh you know uh Outland Trophy winner uh into the ground. Uh and he's a absolute monster. So you know this is a guy that's extremely smart um, you know, is a great fit uh, to come in. You know, you're not getting a center who doesn't know the offense and doesn't know the play calls. You're getting a guy that came from Washington who played for Coach Scott Huff, uh, who developed the Joe Moore Award winner for the best offensive lineman in the country. This kid gave up only one sack in over 600 uh, pass-blocking snaps throughout the entire season. He was the second highest rated center in the country. And I saw him the other day. ESPN has him first team preseason All American, um, which, you well, know, I don't know how much stock you can put in those. It's like putting out an NFL. Uh, uh, mock draft before the uh, 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 as soon as the uh, the draft ends for next season, but uh, I think there's a lot of high praise for um, uh, for Parker Brailsford, and uh, I think he can come in and make a big impact. And certainly a uh, a position that many Alabama fans know. I feel like they know more about the center position than uh, than they ever have before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There seems to be a lot of excitement there for him.
1: Yeah, I don't know that the center position's ever been discussed as much by fans as it was this past season by Alabama fans. All right, uh, the other guy that's uh, coming in from Washington, and I think Alabama fans really need to be excited about Jeremy Bernard because he started his career at Michigan State, went to Washington, and listen, that Washington wide receiver group uh, this past year was as good as anybody in the country, but he projected to be their number one guy this year. He's got the size, 6'1", 205. He's got the speed. He's a kick returner. He's got the ability to break tackles. He's a very physical kid. And, um, you know, he's a guy that could step in here and have the potential to be the number one wide receiver at Alabama, I think. Bone, would you agree?
4: Well, he was going to be the number one wide receiver at Washington. Basically. Yeah. i am say a lot. Washington's going to have three guys that are going to go uh, potentially in the top 50 of the NFL draft this year at the wide receiver position uh they had some absolute studs and you know he still had over 400 yards uh receiving this past uh, this past year so you know, this is certainly a guy that uh Alabama fans should be very excited about and uh, i think he can come in and make a lot of big plays and he's got the speed he's got the toughness um you know, he's a physical blocker and you know he's also a guy that you know obviously knows the system really well knows the play calls uh, has great uh, connection with the wide receivers coach, and and I said this earlier, but Washington's not bringing, trying to bring players from Washington that you know, they don't believe are won't make an impact in Tuscaloosa. That's right. uh, They're bringing they're bringing in guys that they they know are great and that they know can make an impact. And you know, like I said, they would have probably left them uh in Seattle if uh, or let them go elsewhere if not but i think it also says a lot about this coaching staff though um that these guys want to follow them to Tuscaloosa they had no you know no connection to alabama none of these guys had ever visited tuscaloosa before and all of a sudden their coaches leave become head co- you know head coaches coordinators position coaches at alabama and their first visit was to Tuscaloosa um, and to come see the staff again, see the program, see if it's somewhere that, you know, not only were they visiting, but they were moving in. They were moving to Tuscaloosa. These guys are already uh, on campus as uh, as as student athletes. So, um, you know, that that should show you a lot of belief uh, of, of this coaching staff and how they feel about them. And, you know, everything we heard has been just absolute um, – Praise from you know, former players uh, in Washington, current players, or even um, or even some that are committed.
1: All right, let's get back to uh, recruiting, and obviously Ryan Williams is the focus, but Noah Carter is now a a, a guy to watch Um, with his ties to Coach DeBoer, uh, the edge rusher out of Centennial High School in Peoria, Arizona, in the Phoenix area. Athletic kid, plays wide receiver on offense. I mean, long, lean. Uh, This is a really good-looking prospect, and it appears Alabama's the leader in the clubhouse, Bone Is is that the way you have it?
4: I think so. Um, I, I think we'd probably see a decision here relatively soon. Uh, you know, not sure exactly when, but, um, he was released from his NLI last week. Um, uh, this is certainly a guy that would be an unexpected late surprise for Alabama, at least for Alabama fans, probably, maybe not for the, uh, this new staff, but, um, you know, he's six foot four, 220 pounds, it was sort of similar to Jay Sean Ross, who signed with Alabama back in December, uh, both played on, uh, each side of the ball as a uh, outside edge rusher and and wide receiver, uh, so there's a lot of athleticism there uh, at outside linebacker for Alabama. He was a defensive player of the year uh, in the state of Arizona. He was a standout at the All American Bowl uh, in San Antonio, which a lot of people didn't know about uh, him prior to uh, to that week. So he may have started out with you know, a wave. Wouldn't say a, a low ranking because he's a four star recruit uh, at on three sports, but. I think after seeing him out in San Antonio for the first time, for many of those guys, uh, they were really impressed, and I think his ranking probably even going to go up uh, some on it on three in these final rankings that will drop here pretty soon. But yeah, this would be a, a big pickup. Uh, he does not have any other visits planned at this time, and uh, not a lot of not a lot of time left before uh, before signing day here in uh, here in two weeks. So we'll see. Uh, what happens? but we know that he had a great trip to alabama this past weekend it was his first time ever visiting tuscaloosa but when i talked to noah last week he called coach devore um in his opinion the best football coach uh in the country so wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to follow the best football coach in the country to tuscaloosa
1: indeed all right uh, we got about a minute left bone uh 2025 of course Member fans are panicking because of all the decommits Listen, man, it's 2025 <laughs> and Alabama's going to re-recruit a lot of these guys. But, um, you know, just the reaction that you're getting, uh, there at BamaOnline.com from the fact that a lot of these guys who are, you know, can't sign until December, uh, decided to open things back up. That's just the way it kind of works when you have a coaching change.
4: You know, you know, you go back to that dumb and dumber quote. Um, you know, everybody, all their pets' heads were falling off a week <laughs> ago with um, you know, you know, with all these decommitments. But again, now that the dust has kind of settled and everybody, you know, all these decommitments happened, people have kind of realized you know, we're at 11 months until signing day. Um, let this new staff go to work. Let them target who they want to target. Let them recruit. Plus, you don't want those guys who decommitted. Uh, if – they don't know this coaching staff. You want them to establish that relationship. You want them to develop it like they did with the previous coaching staff. If they want to come back to Alabama, that's great. But you're always going to lose probably your juniors who were mainly recruited by um, you know position coaches, coordinators, kind of throughout this entire process. You know, many of them probably didn't have uh, several conversations with Nick Saban uh, during the uh, during their recruitment. So now you got. A new staff in uh, they're out on the road working they're seeing a lot of kids developing relationships they're gonna recruit and they probably feel a little bit better um, you know they're not I don't want to call it stuck with uh, with the previous staff's commits but you also want to recruit your own guys you want to you want to develop those relationships on your own you want to evaluate them on your own and make the decision if this is a guy that that you want in your class, and you're going to go after them. Um, you know, Jamie French obviously was a, uh, you know, probably the biggest name that the decommitted five-star wide receiver. But you, know, you got a long way, long time to recruit him, and you get some. Let's say you do get Ryan Williams back into the uh, into the mix. Ryan Williams and Jamie French, you know, very close friends. Uh, that, you know, that could certainly help, especially uh, you know, over this course of the next. Uh, several months going into the season, there's going to be a lot of eyes on that offense and, you know, how they perform. And that can certainly help with, uh, with a lot of elite
1: receivers moving forward. No doubt about it, Bone. Awesome stuff, folks. Listen, we're up against the clock, but follow Bone on Twitter at Andrew J. Bone. Of course, bamaonline.com. Watch for him on the other YouTube channel. All the latest recruiting. Andrew Bone will have it for you. Thank you so much, Bone. Thanks, Gary. Have a good one. All right, 1055. We'll take a break. Come back with uh, some breaking news on a former uh, West Alabama uh, Tuscaloosa high school athlete and basketball player at Shelton State and now getting a big uh, position with the University of Southern California. We'll close out the show with that next.
8: Are you ready?
0: The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Right up against the clock. Our thanks to Andrew Bone. Also, we'll get to that Bama roster breakdown. The poster was RTR exclamation point from Titer Insider. I want to give him credit because he did an unbelievable roster breakdown. Also, I uh, want to mention that I've been notified by her dad, Travis Ryer, that former Northridge place kicker and basketball player, Shelton State basketball player, Savannah Ryer, who's been the director of recruiting at Hawaii, has got a new gig. How about this? Um, we're not going to give it away yet because i just got a text from travis said don't put it out on social yet so anyway but savannah ryer's got a great opportunity coming in the football side of things so we will uh we're going to pass that along to you after i get the green light from travis ryer former host right here on tide 100.9 fm all right that's going to do it for the show this hour has been brought to you by patterson Comer attorneys at law we'll be back tomorrow with a thursday edition of the gary harris show have a great day everybody
0: you for listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. No! Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Patterson